Super. Dute. Tough. Work. They know. Y'all. Back again. As per usual. Blueprint. The logic. Doing what we do best, man. Mm-hmm. Creating things. Audio Getting that visual. content on, you know what you, I mean? You know, the audio visual experience. We give you that every week. You know, audio for the people who listen to us on audio. YouTube video version for people who like that side of things. Right? We got all that. We got all that. I don't know what other formats we could possibly do, but this is probably it. Y'all got to <laughs> just deal with this. You're not getting no more formats out of it. Yeah, nah, this is it. It ain't gonna be in text form. We're not gonna transcribe this shit. Sorry. But we're here, man. How you doing today, sir? Good, man. You know, it's uh, Ohio State Michigan Day. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, my brother, he went to the game, man. He in Michigan at the game. Oh, wow. He went to enemy territory. Nah, he he a Michigan fan. Oh, shit. I was about to say, he was a bold man to drive up there with some scarlet and gray on. <laughs> nah, he a Michigan fan, so okay. he uh he goes, he tries to go every year that it's in Michigan. Damn. Uh, so he up there, um, we making plans to go to the one next year here. Okay. Um, all the brothers going, so. Man, ain't, yeah. ain't they lost Ohio State like 10 years in a row? Come on. You know what I'm saying? That's what I told him. I was like, you know, y'all looking okay this year, but y'all still ain't. Y'all still ain't got got it. You know? There's levels. There's levels to this. There's levels to this. You know. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm going. Um, I'm going over to my other brother's house to watch the game. Uh, okay. After we, you know, what I'm saying. Yeah, we are. We are recording a little bit earlier today. Just a touch. Just a, Just touch. a touch earlier. Yeah, I was surprised you woke up this early when you first requested to record this. I was like, is this man gonna be up? Because sometimes you be running right up against the time when we crawling out of bed right where we used to record sometimes. Nah, man, actually, like the last week or so, since I'm, you know, I'm getting ready to start a new venture. Yeah. You know, I've been trying to make sure I'm up, you know, eight, nine o'clock, get my body right. You know what I'm saying? You. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, you. you know, I've been, you know, been off. So, you know, waking up 10, 11, you know, noon. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Going so. to sleep whenever. Whenever, you know, up making beats till four in the morning. You right, know. right, right. That's dead. That's dead now. Yeah, not happening no more. So, yeah. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. So this week, folks, this week, we're talking about uh, uh, making career pivots. You know, uh, some of you, those of you who follow me on the gram, you know, saw a post I made this week about some shit I had been working on in the background on the lowest of lows, which was going to get my commercial driver's license, my CDL, uh, from a, a local school out here. And I made a post, you know, with some pictures and explanation of, of what's been going on on Instagram. It's got a lot of good feedback, you know, and I wanted to take time and want to do an episode about this because this is a, it's a ill concept for people like us who are artists, you know, um, many people, I mean, shit, I've been, uh, a full-time artist for, 20 years now mm -hmm. and uh i love it you know the ups that got its downs as well 
But, you know, the last two years has definitely not been an up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> definitely in the down phase. <laughs> right, right. You know, when, when your entire industry is shut down, it's, it's definitely not on the up, you know, for right. a couple of years. So that's been where we're at. And, and some of that kind of went into my decision to do what I did and to, and to get my commercial driver's license just so I could have more options moving forward. But we wanted to talk about that in this episode because we know there are many people here who aspire to be artists, you know, uh, full time. There are many people who have jobs and are trying to make that thing work as we've done episodes about that. And a few months back, we we made a statement on this con- on this episode. We were just like, dude, it's OK to work and make art like yeah. it's fine. You know, like yeah. some people think that that shit is like something to be ashamed of. And it's totally not like not being able to survive is something to be ashamed of. You know what I mean? Like you should yeah. be embarrassed by being fucked up out here. But it almost makes the art better in some ways, you know. Yes. As we pointed out, like a lot of cats that you know and love made mm-hmm. some of their best art when they were working a job. Yes. Know? Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure, you know. So yeah. and we'll we'll get into that, you know, being a full time artist and the pressure that's behind it. Um, and just like having options. So, you know, Elogic is gonna interview me and toss questions and we're just gonna go back and forth about the whole thing. And uh, you know. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Word. We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous. You heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come closer. I can hear it inside their tone. They talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Alright folks, we're back. Super yeah. Duty Tough Work. Blueprint. The logic. What up? Doing what we do. Talking about life as we live it Mm -hmm. in real time, real time. What most artists would not do, would not say, would not talk about. We're going to talk about it today. And I I hope this uh, proves helpful to some of y'all. So I'm going to let Elijah get this thing started. Word. So, um, yeah, so we, you know, talking about career pivots and this is a huge pivot, you know, like some would some would even see you like. Why is he doing this? Um, (laughs) So, um, you know, in that vein, my first question is, you know, what what made you want to get your CDL of all things? Because you're you know, a lot of people that have been following, you know, that your background is in computer programming, you know, and some people would have the mindset that, you know, being a computer programmer is a is probably a more lucrative position. Yeah. You know, then driving a truck, you know, getting mm-hmm. your CDLs. Um, what made you 
go into this field and, you know, make that move? Uh, it was a lot of reasons, man. Uh, you know, and I definitely weighed all of them. You know, when I when I first kind of started thinking about this, I started thinking about this maybe uh, the beginning of the year. I started thinking because, you know, as you and I know, we've had a lot of conversations about like just touring and are we seeing the signs that is coming back? You know, are we seeing the signs that, you know, make us think that that's going to be something that we can rely on? And, you know, off air, you and I have had a lot of conversations. about We're just not seeing it for artists mm -hmm. at our level. Right. And so I knew at some point I probably would have to do something because, you know, I have certain things going on outside of this, you know, that are like, you know, I can't just be fucked up. You know what I'm saying? Out here waiting on tours and, and shit. So my decision, I really started out with like four or five things that I was thinking about getting into, you know, and. One of them was, I think I had like a list of four things. I was like, these are four things you could do that will get you in the position you want to be in if this stuff continues on the path that it is with music. One was uh, content creation, right? You and I talked about this. Like, like, we are already creating content for ourselves every day. You know, video content, audio content. You know, we're music producers, uh, we even that graphic design flyers. We do all of that stuff. We do social media management. That was something that was like on my list. You know, another thing that was on my list was like you mentioned, going back into IT, you know, into information systems. And I was thinking about that as well, simply because obviously that's my degree. It's what I did before I did music. And it's an environment that I, you know, I, I kind of know, I understand that terrain a bit. Um, then another one I was thinking about was, um, uh, gosh, there was another one I was thinking about like independent insurance adjusting, you know, um, just because of the speed of it and the freedom of it that you get with that, you know, that was another thing I was thinking about. And then finally, the fourth thing I, I had on my list was, uh, you know, CDL and, you know, so I spent a few months like just really just whiteboarding all four of these things out, you know, and really. So I would take some time, I would read about them, I would maybe take a class or two in each of them to try to see where I'm at, see where my knowledge is at. You know, like with the content creation, I was taking some some online courses with that. Um, with IT, I started back reading and studying coding again. I did that for a couple months to where I was studying that and uh, just seeing where I'm at and what my aptitude is and how I felt about going into it, you know, and uh and then the CDL thing, I sat and I went and met up with one of my guys I went to college with who's who's been driving for like seven to 10 years, I think. And so um, and he's doing really well for himself. So, you know, I talked to him maybe around April or March, went over his crib and just sat with him for a couple of hours and just talked about, you know, the paths that are laid out in trucking for you and seeing what's there. And so I sat with him. Went back and then that's when I started looking at everything. Ultimately, I came down to just like, okay, what do I, where do I want to be in one year? You know, uh, one year is really the goal for me. Like for one year from when I start to one year, what do the prospects look like for that versus the other? Yeah. And, you know, what a lot of people don't know is that people with their CDL right now make just as much, if not more than people starting in IT. 
Yeah, because just with the um, the supply chain, yes. you know, being what it is, you know, people wondering why inflation is happening and things like that. You know, yep. this there's a shortage. You know, what I'm saying of truck drivers in every field, shoot, yep. bus drivers, yep. you know, FedEx drivers. It's yep. a shortage, so they're paying top dollar for yeah. you know cats that want to get into that field. Yeah, and and the perception is the opposite, right? Like most people, mm-hmm. they don't driving trucks is not a sexy job. Not sexy at all. This is a very unsexy job. What we have, hip hop artists, this is a sexy job. This is the most sexy job, but it's the least reliable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Driving trucks is the most unsexy job, but the most reliable. And so I really was looking at all of this. Same thing for content creation. Content creators don't make what truck drivers make. Right. I mean, they just don't. Not an entry level uh, content creator where you got to go work for a, a marketing firm and you're just getting started. Your first year, you're not you're not coming in making what they're making over there. But it's another sexy job, though. Very sexy job. <laughs> it's sexy. Very I'm on, sexy. I'm on IG all day. You know all what I mean? All day. You see the lifestyle. I got the camera. Yeah. It's very visible. But this is this is the conversation you start to have. And a lot of people fall into that. A lot of that is why people could. Some may not understand why I chose this over um, IT or information. It's because I've already done the sexy jobs. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't have no desire for the sexy jobs. If anything, being a public figure like we are makes me more apt to want to do something that's unsexy and off the radar. Yeah, yeah. Because like you know how this shit is, man. We are constantly in the public eye. Right. Constantly scrutinized. And there's something about going somewhere and never having to deal with that that I find very appealing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't have to keep no profile for nobody. All I got to do is take this thing from this place to that place and I get paid. Yep. The end. <laughs> right. And you by yourself. By you know yourself. What I'm saying? You don't got to deal with no no politics. No. no. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't got to deal with no office stuff. You don't got to, you know, bring something for the office party. You know what I mean? Like, No. There's none of that. No, they don't care. Dog, trucking is set up in a way to where like... Truck drivers are so demand that like these dudes switch jobs three months, six months regularly. They're never worried about that shit. And there ain't no politics when when you need motherfuckers to work. The best employee in that industry is one who's reliable and safe. Mm-hmm. You safe. You gonna always be employed, you know. And so uh, I started looking at that. That played a role, you know, because like, yeah, I. I I do have a natural talent for, you know, content creation as we do because we do it every day. Um, but I started looking at that and then I just looked at like, what's the fastest path to be where I want to be in one year? It wasn't yeah. IT. It wasn't yeah. information systems. Information systems, I would have been studying to try to take some certs in a year because mm-hmm. remember, I've been out of it for 20 years. Right. It's going to take me a good year of study and uh, a really hard to be ready to get certified within a year. And even then there's no, I don't see the salaries uh, of that, be, that year just getting certified to try to get into it in a year as being the same as what I'm going to be starting at. If I start working, driving in a couple weeks, yeah. no, it's not the same. And that's the thing. Like you're talking about getting certified to do a job in a year. Right. With trucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
you was in class for what? A month? One month. And you you could pretty much start working tomorrow. If exactly. You, to, you know. Exactly. And within a year you were already making money and, you know, leveling up in that right. year as opposed to just trying to get certified and find a job still. Exactly. And you still got to go through all of that interview process. Yeah. If you're trying to code, you got to go through all these coding tests and all this other stuff. And uh, there's no guarantee. Right. There's no guarantee. When I first started in IT and information systems, there was a shortage of people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I was I got into it at the time when people were just now getting into it. I had yeah. mad job offers waiting for me when I graduated college. That's not the same for everybody in information systems right now. They don't right. just have job offers waiting on them as soon as they graduate. It's not like that. But in trucking, it is like that. In trucking, literally the moment I finish my test, the 10 minutes later, by the time I adapt up my guys and, and hugged and, 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 yo, man, you passed it. Hey, I'm coming to the office real quick. Jobs waiting. On. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to start, bro. Right. That was the question. Wasn't no, hey, do y'all got anything for me? How's the industry? You got any resources? No. You ain't got to do none of that once you get your CDL. Like, I could literally start working tomorrow if I wanted to. Yeah. Making good money. Yeah. Um, now that I passed the, the test. And, and that's something that we don't have in, in hip hop. And that, that's, that played into me doing it. I wanted to be in a field that was essential. You know, two years of us sitting here as artists has, has really made me see that, like, what we do is not seen as essential. Yeah. It, get, it gets shut down so quickly because whether it's the government, whether it's local officials, whether it's people, no one sees it as a businesses that need to stay open. Yeah. And it's dependent on the public. So with all of this stuff, you know, that is happening as far as, you know, this this COVID thing. If the public ain't, you know, if they're scared to come out, mm-hmm. then that affects the bottom line. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? It's it's so volatile and depending on so many other things, whereas getting your CDL and just going to drive where it's you in a van, in a, in a truck by mm-hmm. yourself, you ain't got to depend on, you know, if if people come out, you know right. what I'm saying? You don't. <laughs> like you, you don't got to depend on nobody else. Nope. Just, you know, do you have something you need dropped off? Do you yep. have something you need picked up? I'm your guy. You yeah. Know? Yeah. The freight is is more dependable than anything. Yeah anything and you know some other stuff i saw too that made went into my decision was i really just took like a step back you know sometimes you you take a step back and you just be looking at all your friends who got the sexy jobs then you look at all the friends who got the unsexy jobs yeah who chilling <laughs> <laughs> who chill, who enjoying life right now who living like i want to be living you right. know what i mean like it's like yeah some of y'all is some of that shit look good but these guys over here, oh man, they do they gotta be doing a good because all of them is, you know, living like that. Yeah. And and that's what I really had to, had to be. I was like, yo, man, having a sexy job don't mean nothing, man, if you're not living, you know what I'm saying? If it doesn't allow you to live how you want to live or how you feel you should be living. You know, anybody can make a job look good or you study something that's forward thinking, but it's like, but these guys over here got the most unsexy jobs. And it's done, you know, like they, yeah. they, they get off work and they're off work. Yeah. 
that wasn't true when I was in information systems. I didn't get to leave my shit at work like that. I had to dial in and be accessible and be on call and do support. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like I was working eight to five. Right. In information systems. That's just, that's not the job either. So it's like, well, if I'm gonna work hard somewhere, let me do it in an environment that's a little bit different, you know, and, and that I know no matter what the hell go on, if they, sh- and, and, you know, and it's got a path that's different than this and it's more predictable. So that's what went into it. Where now a lot of people probably, you know, thinking like, oh, I could drive a truck. You know what I'm saying? Like that don't <laughs> seem like it's a difficult job. Right. Right. It don't seem like, you know, cause honestly on some real shit, like I've yeah. always thought like, I could I could probably get my CDL, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Go yeah. drive a truck. You know, I've thought about this because I have family members that drive my my wife's father. He's a truck driver. He's been one for years. Um, my cousin, Mashawn, his father is a truck driver. So I've I've been around it for a little bit and I've seen it. Yeah. And but I've never talked to him about it. But I just thought it was like, oh, you just, you know, get behind the wheel and you drive. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> um, to that misconception, because we've had conversations <laughs> like what's. What's been is is truck driving difficult and what you think what do you think is the hardest, you know, yeah. like part of it, you know what I'm saying, that that you've, you know, dealt with just in the learning process? Truck yet yeah, for number one, yes, truck driving is difficult. It's it's much more difficult than people think. Um, that was definitely one of my observations. I never thought it was necessarily easy. Mm-hmm. I always thought I was like, this has gotta be a challenge or else everybody would be flooding this shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. And some and it ain't like that. Um, but when I got into class, I mean, I, my background was information systems. There was another dude in in my class who was studying uh, information systems as well. He was studying it at the same time. He was having days in there where he was just damn near ready to cry and fight at the same time because he couldn't get the shit. <laughs> couldn't get the shit. Yeah, I had to call him. Bro, come on, come down. You got this, man. You got this. Seen you do it. No, you just like, no, I can't pass my test. It's too difficult. You know, he's mad. Because it's just not easy. Mm-hmm. The hardest thing about trucking is 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 number one, the way it's taught is it's a four-week course. And you cannot bullshit because pretty much they roll it out in phases where if you struggle with one phase, your struggling just adds up and you might not make it to the next phase. And there's tests after each phase, you know? So that, that makes it difficult there in and of itself. Then the other thing that makes it difficult is just, it's the way you think about driving a truck is like completely opposite of how you drive a car. So everything in your mind that you know about driving does not help when you're driving a truck, it makes you a worse truck driver. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So like, think about this, for example, in a car, the most important thing is going forward. Mm -hmm. You're driving a truck. The most important thing is reverse because your backing is the most important. Anybody can drive forward. Right. But remember in a truck, you're not driving the tra- the tractor you're driving the trailer mm-hmm. that's what's completely different driving a trailer is counterintuitive when you're going to go right in a car you steer right when you're going to left in a car you steer 
left, right? When you want the trailer to go right, you steer left. When you want the trailer to go left, you steer right, backwards. It's it's opposite world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you got to unlearn everything. You got to unlearn a lot of things. There's just simple things that involve physics and the fact that the trailer has this, it's like a pen. It's called the uh, the fifth, uh, the, the king pen that sits on a pivot, right? And it, and it swings around on this. This makes everything about turning different. If you want to, like, say you're close to something, right? You're close to someone's car and, uh, and you want to move away from that car. You would pull away, right? Like, say you're parking. You're like, I'm too close to this car. Let me get some space between my car and this car next to me. You would pull away, right? However, in a truck, you actually turn towards that thing. Because when you turn towards it, you create more space for your trailer. Opposite. Yeah, they in trucking they call it turning towards the trouble, turn mm. towards your tightness, turn towards your tires. They that these these sayings you because they know when you're in a car you just think all I got to do is go right and the whole car goes with me. It does, yeah. but in a trailer that doesn't happen. When you pull your trailer away, uh, when you pull your tractor away, you got a trailer. Your trailer starts moving towards the thing that you're trying to get away from because it's on a pivot. It just starts so pulling directly away from something. You can hit it with your trailer. <laughs> Most people say, "Oh, it's easy." It's, it's, no, no, no. It's it's not. It's not. You gotta really sit there. Like every time I got out of class, I I studied even after I got out of class every day. Mm-hmm. And there's certain shit we had to do that's fucking hard. The hardest thing that we had to do wasn't even just like driving itself. It's having the mental fortitude to like go through the shit because. Yeah. To learn to drive a truck, the first week of class, you're inside. It's just like regular school. You're in there, mm-hmm. you know, you got some little classes to figure out. It's cool. You little quizzes and shit. It's, oh, yeah, this is cool. Second week, you out on, on the pad. They call it the pad is where all the trucks are at. You actually get to touch and, and start working on maneuvers. Okay. That, there ain't no rainy days on the pad. <laughs> no, <laughs> no rain delays. Ain't no, no rain, rain delays. delays. No. Ain't no snow days. Ain't no, it's too cold to be out here. Mm -mm. I've been out there for the last month and you know, it's been 20 to 30 degrees these mornings. I've been out there every fucking morning for a month from 730 AM to 5 PM in 20, 30 degree weather, rain, snow, whatever. Waiting on my turn to practice, putting in my work, working out on them trucks. A lot of fools are not built for that. <laughs> how many? How many people was in your class? Uh, usually around it was nine. It was ten started. Then one dude dropped out because he was scared of the first test. So this guy, he just didn't show up. And he didn't call nobody. The school kept calling him, and we called him. Hey, dude, where you going? He was too scared. Like it's the, the pressure, man. Like the pressure. <laughs> The pressure. He knew he didn't have his shit. He just like fuck it. I quit. Mm. He quit after the first ten days. He lasts about ten days because you start on a Monday and your first test is the following Tuesday. Mm. And uh, the man didn't make it, so we had nine. We had nine total people in my class, and uh, 
you know, there's there's guys in there who and in a way it's taught is is tricky, too, which can make it uh, challenging for some because it's not like college. Yeah. Everything you learned about learning in college don't apply to trucking. It don't like you go to in college, they be like coddling you and talking to you like, you know, oh, don't worry about it. It's cool. Just come in after hours. We can <laughs> not in trucking. You know, you fucking up in trucking is they banging on the door. Get out of my truck. <laughs> <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Hey, you know, they got a CB in there and there they be talking to you crazy. Where, uh, where do you think you're going now? Huh? <laughs> where do you think you're going? Why do you have that left turn in there? Why is your wheels turned to the left? Uh, That's not going to work. What do we tell you to do right now? Uh, Are you listening? You okay? <laughs> Truckers don't, they, there ain't no politics. They'll talk to anybody any old kind of way. That's it's wild. fucking refreshing. <laughs> Dog, they busted my ass many days. Many days. <laughs> I had days in there. I ain't know my motherfucking right from my left. Mm. You have a bad day out there, boy. It'd be embarrassing, man. It'd be embarrassing. <laughs> Teacher standing right next to the truck. Yeah, turn left. Put in, put in the hard left. That means, you know, you turn your wheel as far as it'll go to your left. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then you start, to, you know, hit the gas. You wait and then you do the next step. She was like, hard left. I was like, all right. I'm going hard right. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> She's just looking at me like. She just looks at the steering wheel. I'm like, oh, shit. My bad. I did this the whole day. Every fucking maneuver. I couldn't tell my right from my left some of these days, man. Some di- and this is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so much to think about because you're not, again, you're not driving the tractor. You're driving the trailer. Yeah. Everything is the fucking opposite. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's a whole different thing, but it's to me, it's more intense or as intense as college was because of the time and the way you have to deprogram your mind, how physically uh, opposite it is, the how you gotta. It's just different. It's different. It's not no easy shit. Yeah, you know. So, and I've seen people get intimidated by it. People just scared to take. I mean, I never seen dudes scared to take tests in college. Yeah. What, they quit school over the first test? I never saw that. College, you just take the test. If you fail, you fail. If you pass, you make it up for the next one. Right, right. Not in trucking school, man. Motherfuckers. You ain't got the time. No. No. And then you got the additional pressure because there's a new class that starts every week. Mm. So you fall behind. Somebody else is right behind you ready. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you want to drop out? They not tripping. This motherfucker's right there next to you, one week behind you, doing the same maneuvers you're doing. If you ain't catching on at a certain time, you run out of chances. Mm. You know, the testing there is very different, man. So, yeah, it's just as difficult. It's not, it's not no punk shit. There's a reason why certain motherfuckers, there's a mental part of it. There's an intellectual part of it. And then there's just, like, certain slick shit you got to do to, like, to win out there, man. I was pulling out every trick. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I fucking around. Like, I was like, I want this shit. I'm not about to go home. I'm not right. about to get this up, man. So, you know, it, it's, uh, for those who know, I ain't saying it's no shit that you can't do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a person that believes that anytime you, you put 110% into something, you're going to be successful at it. Right. With 100% uh, focus, it, it can be done. And it's not no shit that's like rocket science, but you better commit. 
But if you don't commit and if you don't, you know, get used to that environment very quickly, you, you're not going to make it. Word. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break and we'll be right back. Word. Word. Break. Quick announcement. Over the years, we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising. We've always been interested in doing it, but in the past, we never had the systems in place to make it work properly. I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, email us at superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. That's superdutytoughwork at weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. All right, folks, we're back. Yeah. Super duty, tough work. Printnificence, illogic. Talking about career pivots, you know, mm-hmm. learning new things, uh, giving yourself more options, things that we talk about on this podcast, and uh, things that we actually are living in real time. And we hope that right. you all get some inspiration from this. And, you know, I, I, I took on Instagram, anybody's following, remember just last year when I was learning how to make shirts and pants and right. all this other shit and just in, in the sewing and alterations and, uh, you know, you got to go where your interest lies and don't be afraid to learn new stuff. And this is kind of an extension of that. You know, it's never too late in life to, to learn something dope, especially if it helps you financially, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, this has the definite possibility of that for me. So, you know, uh, we'll continue with the show. Let's rock and roll, Mr. Illogic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so you kind of touched on a little bit um, just, you know, some of the characters in your class, like any. <laughs> any any um people in particular or interesting like people that you met you know oh, during this class oh yeah dog it any, was a any lot. stories stick out oh yeah 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 it's like high school kind of you know what i mean uh-huh. like the the level of funny stories that be happening in this joint man like i text you about some of them man and like the very first week was just some of the funniest shit because like you know this first test we had was like uh it's called pre-trip inspection Man, mm-hmm. pre-trip inspection is basically a law. You gotta, you have to learn how to inspect, inspect your vehicle. You know, your tractor and trailer, front to back, engine, uh, cab, everything. Test the brakes, all of it. You gotta know how to do that. They, you gotta know how to do this before they even let you touch the truck to drive. Mm-hmm. And so, if you don't pass that, you can't move on to the next stage. So, this was right when dudes start really feeling the pressure mm-hmm. because they really only show you this shit like three or four days before you got to test on it. So they show you this shit. It's like a hundred, 110 things. You got to be able to point out. You got to be able to say what condition they're in. Right. And say if this, if so, it's like, you know, like my alternate, this is anyone who's known trucking know this shit. So this, I'm going to say this and this is going to, so it's like, you got to be at a point and be like, Oh, my alternator is securely mounted, not cracked or bent. You know, it's, it's, um, it's gear driven. It's, it's, I'm um, no, it's, um, 
It's belt driven. Its belt has no more than three quarters of an inch of play. The belt is not worn or frayed. Uh, its wires are securely fastened on both ends with no exposed wires. You got to say it just like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you got to be able to. Now, that's just one thing. Mm-hmm. You got to do that for like a hundred things. They give you like three or four days to learn this shit. So, you know, naturally dudes are standing around this truck all day like my thunder th- and you know, it's just we don't even know how to dudes don't know a, a steering wheel from a fifth wheel. Dudes don't know a, a water pump from an alternator. Mm. You know what I mean? But you got to be able to point this thing out, say this condition, state the, the details of it and and be able to talk about it. Right? In a in a specific format or you'll fail this fucking test. Mm. And so like Dudes is starting to feel the pressure. You know, I'm looking around, man. Brothers is like starting to fall apart a little bit. This is the first week. <laughs> They're like, yeah, you're testing your Tuesday. Everybody's like, what? You know, every time a teacher will lead a class, this is not fair. Why do we have to test? Let me test like this. This is impossible. This never kept it. Like dudes are falling apart now. I'm just over there like, Hey man, you know, it ain't shit, man. We gonna get it. You know, I ain't worried. Whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, the, the so so dudes is feeling the pressure. The first dude, so the day the test come the first day. And this is the first time where we outside on trucks. It's like 7 30 in the morning. It's still dark out there. It's mad cold. She tell us, like, all right, today's the day. You know, we doing this test, you know. Uh she said, who want to go first? I was like, I'll go first. I raised, well, first of all, she said, who want to go first? Everybody in the class except me stepped backwards and looked at the ground. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nobody want that heat. Nobody, nobody. wants smoke. Nobody. <laughs> I was like, I'll go first. She said, come on, Albert. <laughs> Everybody, so then she goes, she goes, gets my paperwork. She's like, let me go to office work and get your paperwork. You got to fill out before we take this test, you know, so you can sign off on your results, whatever. So I'm waiting at the truck, you know. I'm over there chilling. Then all of a sudden, two everybody or three, wanna... everybody want to go first. <laughs> let me trade with you. Let me go first, man. Let me go instead, man. Let me do some dude try to go first. She said, you don't need to teach her this class. You don't get to tell me who get to go first. Better go sit back down somewhere. This <laughs> how they be talking to your truck in school. <laughs> He said he want to go first. He's going first. Go sit down. I call your name when it's time. You know, they talk to everybody like that. Dudes, they salty because they wanted to trade. I was, I was like, nah, dude. Y'all had your chances to say y'all wanted to go first. You know what I'm saying? So, because I knew whoever go first got the advantage. You know what Mm. I mean? Because maybe they sleepy. Maybe they're not being as critical. You know, like they're not tired of hearing it. I was like, let me just go first, you know, and see how I do. I th- I felt confident anyway. I was like, I know I'm passing this joint. I just, you know, let me just go first. So I go first. I get done. I get like a 97 on it. 97 out of 100, you know. And, and, and then I get done. And every, then everybody really wanted to go because then everybody realized that the whole test takes about 30, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so you got 10 people. Oh, 30, yeah. 40 minutes. Some dudes had to wait till four o'clock in the evening. They were sitting right. at seven thirty in the morning because they didn't want to go first. Yeah, get done so you can, yeah. you know, leave on time. Yeah, you know, chilling. go to lunch. I'm, just, I'm you walking know. around kicking it with dudes. Hey, <laughs> how you do, man? Ah, I got hey, good job. You know, 
it ain't so fun when you gotta wait till the end of the day to do it. So at, at one point, it's like dudes is over there feeling the pressure. At one point, this was probably in about 11, 10, 11 o'clock. You know, she's over there and uh, she's, we are, we're sitting at this table off in the distance. The teacher walks up and she's like, everybody come here. And everybody like gathers around in a circle, you know, and she's like, hold out your hands. And then everybody holds out their hands like this. We didn't even know what she, what she was. We hold our hands and everybody starts looking. And then she points to this dude's hand. She's like, you see that? And this dude got all these answers on his hands. And he wrote <laughs> to, the, to the free trip. And his hands and arms is covered with answers. <laughs> and she's like, you see that? Automatic fail. <laughs> Go sit down. Wow. And then wow. she just walks off. And he's just like about to cry. He was sick. He was, <laughs> he was sick. I was like, oh, hell no. This is crazy shit. <laughs> Why'd you do that, man? <laughs> oh, <coughs> dog! It was the wildest shit. I ain't never seen no shit like that. She said, "Automatic fail." <laughs> he thought he was gonna get away with that. <laughs> he thought he's gonna get away with that. This motherfucker. Let me tell you some other shit. This fool did. I think. Well, here's what I think happened. Because when I went up and I went on break, we went up there and I saw these little tiny notes written on a trailer. Mm-hmm. in pen this fool was so desperate to pass he wrote little notes like if he couldn't remember what something was named this motherfucker <laughs> went up he wrote it on the trailer <laughs> right <laughs> and I think she saw that and she's like who the hell would write on my trailer <laughs> came back and bust go busted this dude man Doug, it was the wildest shit the wildest shit that was the first week First week, I was like, "Oh, this this was my the guy, the other guy who was studying information systems." He was oh, feeling, he was feeling the pressure, really feeling the pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it would be wild shit like that every day, man. It was like, I mean, I don't know, just just like stuff that dudes would do, and just like the the, the way that it was taught. The teachers, the teachers was characters, like the the one teacher whose name is like. Uh, Paulie, he teaches you like your inroad stuff. Mm-hmm. This dude is like sixty-seven years old, and when you drive with him, you do like four hours. It'd be you and other students. It'd be three of y'all. You drive two hours. Other student drives two hours. This dude will be doing like straight up stand-up comedy the whole time you drive, <laughs> like on some Milton Berle. You know what I mean? Like it's just funny as shit, but it's more raw, like George Carlin shit. Wow, he'll be talking about crackheads. He, he, he said he just went. To, he was like, I don't know how he got into it. He was like, Yeah, I went to the bar the other day. You know, as as he said, What do you want, boy? I said, Shit, surprise me. Gave me a picture of my wife, butt naked. <laughs> <laughs> what? While y'all driving? Yes. While you driving, you be losing it over there, man. <laughs> Dog, imagine, imagine two hours of that. Oh two man, hours of that. Dog, he was the best. He he make you feel so comfortable. You feel like you can't fail no test, man. You be in there with Paulie, like. <laughs> but the other then there's another the te- the other driving teacher is the complete opposite. Mm. Like oh, serious asshole. Yeah, uh. just 
this dude was like i was like uh which way you want me to turn left or right up here he's like i mean we might as well go right you've been dragging your trailer in that train for a whole in a whole mi- mile now <laughs> you're damn near in the lane already yeah turn right <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> wow! What do you even say? I just don't, you can't even say nothing. <laughs> Turn right. That's crazy. No, he would talk to you like this for two hours at a time. Mm. He never said a positive word about my drive. <laughs> that's cool. That's wild. Now, the first the first day he was like, me and this dude Nelson was in there. He was like, I mean, look. Y'all drive good enough to pass the test, but that's about it. <laughs> Damn. What's that saying? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, go ahead. What was you going to say? That's crazy. Well, uh, one thing that you noted on your uh, post about the, you know, the um, cultural makeup of yeah. the class. Like, yeah. um, did that teach you anything or did that... You know, as far as like the cultural makeup, what did you learn just from the, you know, the different people in the different cultures and, you know, how their their approach to this driving thing, why they were in the class, you know, yeah. shit like that. You know, what? One of the, it, it made me think a lot of things. One of the things is that like. Americans have bought too much into the, the college education system. Mm. Right. Like college is marketed to us as like this thing that guarantees you to have a bright future guarantees you to have a a job and to make money. And we know you got a degree. I got a degree. That's not necessarily the case, right? We know people and we studied things that were in demand, right? 95% of our friends, that's not the case, right? You know, 95% of those degrees are not necessarily in demand and they're expensive. Yes. What being around like that uh, group of of students, like every class was made up like mine, where there was really only one or two African-Americans in the whole class. Mm. The rest of them were not natural born citizens, immigrants, you know? And so it was like seeing how practical they were because they didn't buy into the programming that we buy into. This is why you see a lot of immigrants in the trades. You know what I'm saying? You see them because of they are just like, it's very simple to them. It's like, okay, I can spend $100,000 on a degree and make $40,000. Or I can spend $5,000 on a CDL and make 60 or 70. What are you going to do? And be guaranteed employment. Right, right. Four weeks yeah, you, or you four You spend that 100000 You know, you spend that 100000 You're not guaranteed a job. No. Four weeks versus four years. Yeah. Very practical decision. Most people won't do it in America because in America, man, we really care about being seen. Mm-hmm. People come to this country. They don't care about that other stuff. They truly, truly see the opportunity that's there. And it ain't all about the glamour and the glitz and the social media followers and the high profile, sexy jobs. They want to build a better life for their family as quickly as possible. And so the trades to them uh, make the most sense. And that's something I wish more of us would see. Yeah. I wish we would see that more. 
you know, over there, it's just different, man. Like dudes in my class were like, my guy, Steven, he was like, yo, because the first day of class, they asked, okay, what, what brings you here? What got inspired you to get here? He was like, he said, when I first came to this, he's from Liberia. He said, when I first came to this country, my dream was to be a truck driver. Hmm. My dream. I said, I want to be a truck driver. When I got, I dream of that job. He said, but my wife wouldn't let me. He said, because she thought it was too dangerous, you know, and our kids was still young. He said, so kids are older truck driver pay has jumped up significantly he said my wife was like steven go follow your dream go get that <laughs> go money. get that bag get right. that bag baby <laughs> you know and so he was a he was a um school bus driver in new york city and so he moved here and then he was like you know was driving uber he was like i want to drive a truck and he finally got to do it but you get to really see that that it really reminds you man of like what's important you know, because sometimes for us, man, we be around artists so much. We don't be around blue collar people. Yeah. And we don't be around people who think much more uh, practically and not so much through the artistic lens. Yeah. And, and society and society kind of looks down on those kind of. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't see TV shows about truck drivers like that. You don't see like everything is, you know, so shiny. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And we don't see anything that's. You know, any of the any of the grunt work that goes into a lot of the, you know, just everyday shit yes. and the everyday shit is the shit that keeps our society, you know, our economy, you know, all of that. That is what keeps that going. And, you know, but we look down on that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy that someone outside of this country would look at that as a prestigious position. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah. They're so practical. They're just like, dude. And it just really, really reminded me like, yo, man, you know, we got to we got to get out of that. We got to get out of that. You know, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to share it, share this, because I know that as artists, there's this perception with us and with people who know of us, who mess with us that, you know, we should that working a job is something to be ashamed of. If you call yourself an artist, mm -hmm. you know, that if you can't pay your bills completely off art then you're a failure, you know. If you had to work while you made that record, then, you know, the record, the art don't count as much. We tell ourselves this stuff and, you know, sometimes we listen to people who say this stuff and they shame people who have regular jobs or good, skilled labor jobs, you know, essential jobs. They're not seen as like heroes or, or, or looked uh, upon favorably. Mm -hmm. I think it's bullshit, you know, like all all of us. Look, my, my, you know, my moms and my pops work those kind of jobs. Yeah. Yeah. How the fuck I'm I looking down on that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my dad retired from UPS. You know, Union, Teamster. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. What the fuck? I, every you've been out here where I live. It's nothing but factories and logistics and shit out here. Nothing yep. but trucking companies and warehouses and factories out here. And so I've been around it my whole life. So I never look down on it like that. I will admit that like the college thing does influence us. You know, to to go that route. And I get it. Get a degree. Get educated. But my my thought is like be practical don't go down that route because college is expensive and there are other ways and other careers to make money that ain't got nothing to do with you know what i'm saying with with college yeah that's one of the things i try to you know i've tried to talk to my kids about you know what i'm saying like just letting them know if you if you don't want to go to college it's fine there's other ways mm -hmm. you know to get to get where you want to go. I mean, my dad was an electrician. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the crazy thing is when I, this was in the, you know, the 
you know, 90s and late 80s, like he was making $100,000 a year as an electrician. Right. And this was, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, that's big money. That's big money then yes. compared to, you know, where things are now. So I've seen the fact that you could, you know, be in that position. But, you know, it's something that our parents and a lot of parents, you know, go to college, you yes. know, because they had in their minds too growing up that the people who went to college had the better jobs. Right. The people who went to college made the most money. And honestly, that was probably the case when they were younger. Yes. You yes. know what I'm saying? When they were coming up, being a plumber probably didn't make as much money as being somebody who worked with computers back then because it wasn't as much in demand and it was something that was more specialized. Yeah. You know, now? so nah. yeah, now it's, you know, everybody and their mama know about a computer, you know, yes. your, your, your teenager could <laughs> fix a computer, you know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> he can code, you know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. It's, it's different now, man. It is. And it's like what people have to really understand is like, there's certain jobs that are going to always be in demand. Always. Years ago, maybe. I remember, I think it was after I, I took that time off to make Adventures of Counterculture, where I was really just going heavy, heavy, heavy in the music. And I wasn't really touring as much, like for two, three years. I remember, say, after that, saying, if I ever have a period like this again, or I'm just home for a year, two years, three years, I'm going to study a trade. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to come out of that time period with just an album. I want to come right. out of that with a skill you know, and then doing the real estate things and being exposed to those different fields from that really reinforced that. So I always had it in my mind. This is since like 2010, 2011. I was like, no, next time I have one of these periods off, if I'm fortunate to have one where I ain't touring every year, that's what I'm going to do. And so I had been looking into stuff like this before. I, electrician was definitely at the top of my list. You know, mm. uh, HVAC, plumbing, all of that stuff, drywall. I wanted to learn all of it, carpentry. I was like, I'm going to pick one of these and go in, you know. And it just so happened that this kind of worked itself, uh, popped up and have the friends who do it, who kind of set me down. So I went this route, but it, I never looked down on it. I never mm -hmm. looked at it like, you know, it's not feasible. In fact, just like, you know, when you paying these fools, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's like when you, like, are you, you doing real estate, you paying contractors, you paying plumbers, you know, you know what, what they, you're paying them. Yeah. I'm like, damn. <laughs> This man making this much every time you do this with me? Ugh. Mm -hmm. That's some good money. Right. How many clients he got? Shoot. Right. Oh, you going to go do three of these today? God yeah. damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hurting just paying you for one. <laughs> this man is getting it. How much yeah. is that HBAC again for them to put in? Ugh. How much an hour? 150? Two and a half, oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So I do. <laughs> <laughs> From the other side, these fools is getting paid. And they and you got you can't go around if you need them. So, yeah. you know, that was always my thing, man. So yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take another break and we'll finish this up. Okay. Be right back. This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you, as a listener or watcher of this podcast, need to absolutely own. The first is 
the 10 traits of successful hip-hop artists and the second is the social media cheat code both of these books were released within the last year the 10 traits of successful hip-hop artists is a book where i go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip-hop today um the book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip hop along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast, the 10 traits of successful hip hop is for you. Second book is the social media cheat code. That is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media. It's not for super experienced people. It's actually for people who are on social media but are not getting the results you need. So what we did is I broke down like 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watcher this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support and uh, back to the show. All right, folks, we're back. Super Duty Tough Work. Blueprint, the logic. Talk about career pivots, learning new things, you know, picking up new skills, college yeah. degrees versus trades, things of that nature. And uh, yeah, we shall continue. Where let's finish this up. Um, okay, so you kind of touched on this, but I want you to kind of go a little more in depth. Um, what do you think is the most important thing that you learn in this process that had nothing to do with driving? <laughs> <laughs> had nothing to do with driving. That's a great question, man. Let me think. I think the the biggest thing I learned uh, that has nothing to do with driving is, is probably just about uh, learning how to learn. Mm. You know, like we talk about it on this, pro- this, this uh, podcast a lot. You know, and every time we do something, you know, like I've done movies, I've written books, obviously the albums and stuff, things of that nature and, and, you know, sewing alterations. I think that there's something that uh, that is to be said about learning how to learn. Mm. Learning how to learn is the most important skill you'll ever have. And that means you have to have a systematic way to learn new things. Um, you have to develop it in a way to where you can actually move forward, know what you need to study and get better. Right. And so during this process of, uh, and I had to learn that through this, I mean, I've known it, but I had to learn how to apply it to this, I should say. Mm-hmm. So for example, uh, there was, there was points where I was struggling due to the things I was telling you, it's opposite of everything I know. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm just like hesitant and I'm not trusting it. You know what I'm saying? The teacher tell me to do something, I'm doing it, but I'm not trusting it. I'm not figuring it out myself. And I'm making mistakes that are causing me to have errors. You know, so like say there's a there's a drill called the offset, you know, backing maneuver where you basically are in one spot, parking spot. You have to pull all the way up. You pull all the way up and you have to back the truck into the one next to it. Now, in a car, this would be easy. You pull right. up, you just back into that bitch. But into a in a tractor, 
into a trailer, it's it's difficult because you got to know how to you're moving your trailer into there. And then you got to so they give you like four or five steps. But in between all of these steps, it, those but even doing those steps, you can still mess it up. There's so many other variables. Like right. if you hold the steering wheel too long, that's a problem. If you put in a turn too far, your angle can be messed up. If you don't start turning on one thing soon enough. And then I, and I was mentioned to you uh, one time that like the trailer kind of has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. It's not like if you go back on a car, your car is going to go straight back. Trucks and trailers don't work that way. Like the trailer will just kind of shift randomly to left, randomly to the right. It just kind of has a mind of its own. And then you have the, 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 the contour of the ground, all that matters. I had to learn to identify all my mistakes. Mm-hmm. So any day I made the same mistake multiple times, I would get home and I would write it down. So I had this error one day where I would have my shit lined up perfectly to go in between these two cones. And everybody in the class would be like, yo, that's the perfect setup, man. Good job. And they would walk away as if me putting it in the box was a foregone conclusion just because I had it lined up perfectly. But I had a problem. They call it keeping my tr- truck and my trailer straight. So as I'm backing up, the trailer's kind of doing this or doing that, and I'm not fast enough to correct it. Next thing you know, my perfect setup is ruined. Mm-hmm. And I got to spend another 10 minutes fixing that just to put it in the box. I had three or four of those things every day. So I had a whiteboard at the home where I, I would go home and I would write down what I struggled with. And all I tried to do every day, I was like, yo, if you fix one of these things every day, you know what I mean? One of, another error I had was, like, like I said, confusing my right for my left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds simple. Right. You, this is your left. This is right. You, how do you fuck that up? You can fuck it up. Trust me. Especially when you're trying to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. When turning right makes the trailer go left, it's easy to fuck up your right and your left. Yeah. You know? And so uh, I had, a, had days where I did that. I had days where, like, I would overturn. They would tell me to turn the wheel one time. I would turn it all away. Mm-hmm. All of these things would make things wrong. I had I had times when I would have a bad setup and I would force it. Instead of being like, let me fix this, I'd be like, nah, I'm just gonna force it in there. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep going. Cause I didn't know how to fix it. All of these are little things that if you don't know how to identify them and work on them every day, you'll never get better. And that's why I say learning how to learn is the most important thing. Because learning how to learn, I did and all these other things helped me. Because when I would mess something up, the first thing I would do is I would ask my instructors, where did it go wrong? What did I do wrong? What can I, how do I fix that? They would say, well, the problem is you can keep your truck and trailer straight. So by the time you got to the box, it was all out of control. And I'd be like, oh, and you messed up a perfect setup. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. You, you hear that enough, or what, where did I go wrong? Well, you overturned right here. Your mm-hmm. angle's bad. You had a bad angle and you didn't fix it. You just let this bad angle go until you got to the box. And by the end, you wouldn't even point it at the box. no more. Okay. So little things like that, you have to be willing to, to listen, but you have to be willing to, to make yourself accountable and learning how to learn is the biggest thing I, I'd say, because had I not been so honest with myself, it's easy to get frustrated. And I had to, mm-hmm. to that one of my best friends in the class, I had to explain this to him. He'd be like, man, why you, he said, how do you not get frustrated about, you know, these mistakes and, and, uh, and I feel overwhelmed. I said, the only reason you feel overwhelmed is because you haven't like written it down. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, you, we, you know, you're making the same mistake 
every time you get a good setup, just like I was. You know what I'm saying? I said, all you have to do, don't worry about being perfect at everything. I said, the next two or three times you go, just fix that. I said, eventually you fix these little holes. Eventually you don't have no more holes in your game. Right. And then, if then you then your chances of success increase. And that's all I did, which is why it took me longer to kind of get like we were we were three weeks in almost into our fourth week before I started really driving good. Mm -hmm. The other times I would have times where I would be out there just completely lost, completely lost. Like the professors would have they got to see they had to hit me on the CB like, yeah, man, you in trouble out there, ain't you? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You good, Albert? You good? You know, because like this is thing is like there's like an area where you do the maneuver at, and then there's like this area out there just in space mm-hmm. where if you lose, if you if you're at the wrong angle and you messed up, you got to pull up here and correct. I call this area like no man's land. Mm-hmm. So the good drivers can pull up in there real efficiently. One turn here, one turn back, straighten the truck, then go back to their shit with the perfect angle. I would be way deep out in no man's land, just <laughs> lost. <laughs> Couldn't even see the cones that I was trying. They were like, we know you can't see the cones. We 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 looking at your truck right now. Like you lost, ain't you? Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> do, do this. Okay, now do this again. Now do that. Okay, now what you see? Okay, I see the cone. Okay, now come on back in and start again. It was dog. But this whole process could take 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes. So you just out there just lost in the sauce. Just, yeah. But that was my but I was trying to find my way through and and learn. Like, how do I not compound my situations with my mistakes? And every day, if I'm making the same mistakes, write it down, be accountable and focus on that. And eventually you won't make those same mistakes and then you won't be afraid if you if you make a mistake, you know, so because yeah, it seems like it seems like that. That's a that's a good lesson to learn just in general is don't be afraid to make a mistake. But if you make a mistake, make sure that you pinpoint it so you can fix it and don't make that mistake again yes yes because like i had a mistake where so you know you be out in limbo right way far away from where you're supposed to be putting the boxes just 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 looking crazy to the whole class <laughs> and everybody has this shit you know you be i used to call it like uh being stuck in the matrix so you be in the matrix lo- losing track of time and space because you can't see the cones you don't know where you at and it's this big ass you just lost and uh <laughs> Sometimes, man, what what the thing that kind of helps you get it is like I realize that, okay, my problem is it is that I'm just compounding my problems Mm -hmm. because I haven't fixed the original problems and I'm afraid to do the things that will fix it immediately. Right. So there's guys in my class who, like I said, if you're trying to put a truck in between here, right, you can just back right into that. Right. But what if your truck is a little bit closer here, closer to, that, to this cone? What you can do, you can just pull back at an angle and just correct as you get in, right? But got, some guys are so afraid of the straight line. Uh, uh, they're afraid of that. Mm-hmm. So they'll pull up here. They'll keep pulling up, trying to straighten the truck out. Pull up again, straighten out until it's perfect. Then they'll back in, mm-hmm. hoping that it's perfect. But the problem is when you test you don't get to pull up that many times. You get two pull-ups. So the rules work against you doing that. Uh, or else you can't pass a test, but then you become afraid to do certain maneuvers because you never fixed the problem. 
Yeah. So I was just like, once I figured that, I'm like, yo, I'm just going to do the shit. I'm not afraid to make a mistake out here. The, the teacher's going to look at me like I'm crazy a lot of the times because when it goes bad, it goes really bad. <laughs> but I never, once I, once I figured out what I did wrong, I never made those mistakes again. Mm. And so by my fourth week driving, I was one of the best drivers in our class. And when it came time to test, I'm testing with making zero mistakes on the hardest maneuvers. And dudes in my class are even shocked. Like, how the fuck did you put the 90 in a box like that with no mistakes? And no, like, I made all my mistakes already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, while y'all was being perfect, I was writing down what I was doing wrong. You know, looking crazy. But by the time test came and I never, and then on the test, like, man, I was so nervous. I was nervous. I was nervous. I was nervous. I wasn't nervous because I had already been embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I got this. You know, yeah. so on my CDL test, it was like I had a setup that was bad. And I was like, ooh, this is bad. And I knew like, okay, you can either fix it now, you can force it, but you got to know how to fix it. I was like, yeah, I've done this 50 times. I've been in this bad setup 50 times already. So mm-hmm. I just, boom, boom, one turn, boom, boom, perfect. Backed it up, put it in a fucking box with ease. Whereas a lot of people, they panic. Mm-hmm. They never had no bad setup. They don't know. They ain't been out in, in no man's land for 20 minutes <laughs> trying to find their way back home. <laughs> I've been there so much. I was like, this ain't shit. This ain't shit. I'll figure it out, man. But, you know, and, and when it came time to test, one of my classmates said this shit to me. The first, the first test we had was called our eval test on the maneuvers, right? And they got this thing called the 90. You know, the 90 degree parking uh, backing thing where you got to back into a space that's 90 degrees away. So you got to go here and put the thing into a box at 90 degrees. Everyone fears the 90. New students fear the 90. And so they were ho- everyone's hoping that they got the other one, which was the, the, the parallel parking instead. So somehow I get the 90 after on my test, the big test. And that same day, a bunch of dudes was taking it on their CDL test. and They got the 90 as well. So we're sitting there watching these dudes come for their CDL tests and die on a 90. They couldn't pass the 90 and they got sent home. Like, sorry, you failed your CDL test. You can't put it in a box. And so I got the 90 and I just put it in a box after having never put it in a box and practice by myself. But during that time, I was figuring things out. I kind of knew I could put it in a box um, if my professors would have just let me let me cook. I was like, OK, I got this. Just let me cook on this. I can put this in a motherfucking box. And uh, one of my classmates, then I did it again on my CDL test. And one of my classmates took him, he said, he said, now I understand what you was doing. This is the other computer science guy. He was like, he said, at first I thought I was watching how you would be making all these mistakes in practice. And you would be all these diff- in these weird, difficult positions. And we know you can drive. Mm-hmm. He said, but you would be just out there looking crazy sometimes. He said, but now I get it. You was making all your mistakes over there. Mm-hmm. He said, you was, you was finding all these ways to, you was testing the boundaries. And he says, so now when it's time to test, you're not even slightly scared. Right. He said, you know, made all mistakes. And this is how you, you take tests better than all of us because you was over here fucking up the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, now that's, you get it. Yeah, that's the real, man. <laughs> that's the real. Because when you out there on the edge, you, you take it to the edge. Yeah. That way, all right, now I know where my, where my boundaries are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Now right. I know where where the limits are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you'll never be able to do that in the real world. Right. Exactly. You fuck up in practice. That's when you're supposed to mess up the most. 
Exactly. That's what you're supposed to mess up. You can't mess up when you out there hauling, no. you know, thousand pounds. Exactly. And there's traffic all around you. You don't yes. want to mess up then. You no, know what I mean? No, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So so he was the only one who really got it. I was like, now nah, mm-hmm. you, you see what I, you see what I've been doing out here for all these weeks. Why I wasn't the best driver, you know, but I just had to learn my way, man. So learning how to learn, I think, is the most important thing. Okay. Um, now, last question. Um, mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure this is what the cats really want to know. So what does this mean for the music career? Anything different? Anything changing? Like, what does this mean as far as, you know, prismatic going forward? <laughs> it don't mean shit. It don't mean <laughs> shit. Look, man, I've, I've, we say this and we've been saying this forever, man. You, you know, we ain't never going to retire from music, man. Right. Right. Like, we, we might. Uh, I, I want to be dropping records when I'm in a nursing home. You know what I'm saying? Like, let me let me bring my laptop and my MIDI controller, and let me give me a stack of records and a record player when I'm in a nursing home, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'll do this shit forever because it brings me joy. You know, um, I don't think it's gonna have no real impact on my shit because what people don't understand is like, I have the time to do uh. Uh, to work another job and still have a high output Mm -hmm. all i've done for the last two years is music yeah i got so much music sitting around that like once i start dropping music which is going to be very soon i could be driving for a year and a half two years straight no without doing nothing new nothing new (laughs) yeah people don't think oh he must have been yeah i'm sitting on that many records Mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh just due to this covid stuff so to me it doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean anything because look, we talked about it before. Uh, I, you know, uh, eight million stories. You know, um, uh, celestial clockwork. I was working. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like all these uh, unlimited EP. Like all these records was done when I was working. You know, I've always. Uh, it's not like I need to be sitting here full time to know how to do this shit. I know how to do this shit, and if anything, I think it should actually make shit better. Yeah, because I, uh, the the immense pressure that is on artists like me full time to make money off this shit can can be very you know paralyzing to some. Yeah, you know you sitting here and everything is riding just on this. Right, that's a lot of pressure that some people will never understand. Yeah, if um, this record don't pop, I don't know if I can pay my bills next month. You right. know what I'm saying? Next year, you know what I mean? You know, and they can get yeah, exactly. Like if I don't get this record out, I mean. We're in a position now, and this is this is what really made me do it. You and I had this conversation. I don't think we ever said it on the air, but there was a point where I realized that due to the manufacturing problems with vinyl, which are looking at eight months to a year right now, I was like, I can li-, and I was trying to put out a big record this fall. Mm-hmm. Found out I couldn't due to the, the the turnaround times on vinyl, and I'm like, so not only will I not be able to tour. I won't be able to put out a real record on vinyl, which is what does the best for me. And it'll be a year, eight months to a year. I was like, I can literally get my CDL, turn in my record, work for six months, eight months. My record will just now be coming back from vinyl. I could literally be a year into this thing and waiting on that and nothing will really change. It's like, I'm not missing shit. Right, right. Ain't nobody touring like that. Right. Shit still not not at our level. Like the mm-hmm. super big artists are doing well, but the mid-tier and lower tier artists, small room artists, we're not out here doing 60-day tours no more. Yeah, facts. 
Nobody's doing those right now because the demand is not there. And the records take so long to turn around right now due to all this other shit that it's like, well, shit, man. Nothing really changes because yeah. I was, you know. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. Oh, and, and the thing is for us, something that we also talk about offline um, is that we've gotten our operations to a point where a lot of shit is automated. Yes. Yes. So we don't have to sit at the computer, you know, all day. Like we can take trips. We can go out of town. Yeah. And cats wondering how we still posting. You know yep. what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Because like, we've we've done things to put ourselves in positions because, you know, like we said, I, I'm starting a job as well, but nothing's really going to change. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because I've gotten myself into a position where I understand how to automate things and how to put things in a position where I cannot be on social media for a week or two. Mm hmm. But it's but I'm posting still the same, just like I am. You know, exactly. Exactly. And that's all I've been doing the last month. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Last month. That's all I've been doing. I've still been dropping content. You know, we've still been dropping a podcast because we know how to create the content now. That part is easy for us. You know, we're just in a time where we got to do some other things if we want to create the best environment for our art. And I'm not about to like, I don't want to sit here and be mad at the game, you know. Um, that 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 is a consequence that happens when you force this shit. Yeah, you know, you end up mad at the game. You end up mad at your art. I'm gonna be mad at my fans. Oh, I had to get a job because oh, y'all didn't buy enough. Man, the game is the game. You know, yeah. I accept it for what the fuck it is, and I'm not gonna be mad at it because I know that's gonna impact my love for doing this shit. So I just do whatever is necessary, and it's not like I don't have a plan. You know, like there's there's plans involved in this that you know. In a year after working, I should be in a very good position to make another move. Um, so it's like the sooner I can get that done, the better. And right. I wasn't dropping no records anyway. So it's like, even you know, I was like, well, my hands are tied. Yeah, might as well do something. Yeah, what I've been sitting here for a year. I could have started this at the beginning of the year. Right. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just uh, I don't think anything will necessarily change because like we said. We know how to create content. We know how to make the records. We have so much music that's been done already. And I don't think anything will change in the same way that, you know, I've been in school for 10 hours a day, you know what I'm saying, for the last month and we still dropping podcasts. Yeah. Records and music will still continue to come out, you know, and, and if, if, you know, I'm working. So it ain't really no difference to me. It's just how do you manage your time? That's the main thing is just time yeah. management. I think, and I think also, you know, just last thought, having a job this is something we talked about on um, the job episode. Having a job also makes you focus a little more. It makes you like really pay attention to how you're spending your time, especially, yes. you know, having the music as the, the other thing, you know, having the job as the other thing. Like it really makes you focus on how you use your time and you're a little more appreciative yeah. and you're more efficient. You know yes. what I'm saying with your time. So I think it. I think in the long run, it'll make it'll make it better. Absolutely, and you know, and this thing here, like this music thing, this whole thing, this is. I'm not at the point where this don't make me nothing. Right. I'm not like I'm chased out the game. My records don't sell. I'm not at that point. Right. I don't want to get to that point. You know what I'm saying? I want to make a move now. Excuse me. I want to make a move now, so where. Everything that we do with this, this whole thing that I do with Weightless, 
this becomes a strong ass addition to anything else I have. Right. Because when you take the two things, you put them together. Now you cook in one by itself is not getting me everything that I want anymore. Right. And so I need to bust a move that allows me to do everything I want, but I haven't lost anything over here. The circumstance ain't nobody. It ain't like I've dropped a whack record and ain't nobody fucking with me. Right. I can't get music out. I can't tour. It's not my fault. (laughs) 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 You know what I'm saying? This just is what it is. And so, uh, you know, in the interim, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to make the most of it. And I think it'll it'll ultimately be good for the art and for everything moving forward, because the art is still right there waiting, waiting to drop, you know. Word. Well, that's it. That's it, man. Word. See y'all next week. Word up. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Complex that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. Huh?